Monster Kid Radio, everybody. This is the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. This is episode 45. I am Derek M. Cook, your producer and host. And the song that you're hearing is Los Tres Tikis by the band Pareto Ketchup. That song appears in this episode of Monster Kid Radio. By permission of the band, you can find out more about the band by going to their website at paretoketchup.bandcamp.com. Now, that's the word pirate with an O at the end instead of the E. Ketchup like you put on your french fries.bandcamp.com. Of course, you can head over to our website at monsterkidradio.net and just follow the link in the show notes. I gotta tell you, I'm really excited about this episode of Monster Kid Radio. We've got part two of our discussion of the 1966 film Island of Terror with returning guest Tom Beagler. He appeared in the episode a couple of days ago. We talked about the movie a little bit in part one of our discussion. And in that episode, I announced and We talked a little bit about how Tom has created another custom sculpt for a lucky listener of Monster Kid Radio. If you go over to monsterkidradio.net or look at your iPod or whatever it is you're listening to this episode on, you're going to see a close-up of one of the silicates. That's the monster from the movie. One of the silicates doing something kind of creepy. It's a part of the diorama. The diorama actually is made up of two silicates, and I'm excited to share that with a Monster Kid Radio listener. Tom's artwork is amazing. I love what he does, and I love that he has donated this to a lucky listener. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how you can win this original custom piece of artwork. Also in part two of this conversation about Island of Terror, Tom's going to talk a little bit more about his artwork, his art process, and he even has a special message for regular Monster Kid Radio guest, Scott Morris. So, Scott, pay attention. Tom's got a message for you. Anyway, we've got a few other things that we're going to talk about here on the show this time around. First, I'm going to continue the call to action that I put out there in the last episode. And I've been kind of going over this well, for the past several, has it been months now on Monster Kid Radio? We're trying to get to 50 reviews in the iTunes Store. Now, since the last episode, two days ago, we've had two more reviews turn up in the iTunes Store here in the States. That means we have a total of 22 reviews. Once we get to 50 honest reviews in the iTunes Store, I'm going to do something special here on the show. I'm going to announce something new, a new feature. Might be a new special, might be a new miniseries, might be some new content for the website. I'm not going to tell you what it is until we hit 35 votes, and then once we hit 50, it launches. So if you subscribe to the show through iTunes, please head over and drop us an honest rating and review in the iTunes store. Of course, if you listen to us over on Stitcher, enjoy the show, or any other podcast catcher, really. I'm not sure where else you can get us, although I'm sure if you put in the URL and the RSS, you can download us pretty much anywhere. So thank you for listening. First and foremost, I really appreciate everybody's support here on the show. And speaking of support, I want to throw some support to former guests here on the show, not just because they're former guests and friends of mine, but because I truly believe in what they're doing. First of all, I want to give a huge shout out to Stephen D. Sullivan. Now, he's been on the show a couple of times, and he will be on the show again when we do a special King Kong month here on Monster Kid Radio, probably the first part of 2014. Stephen D. Sullivan, and that's Stephen with a PH can be found on his website, stephendsullivan.com. There will be a link in the show notes to what I'm about to talk about. He has just released his novelization of the very first zombie movie, White Zombie. I was honored to write the foreword to this book. It's available in all ebook formats. You can get it for your Amazon Kindle. You can get it through Smashwords. It's a wonderful adaptation of a wonderful film. I think monster kids everywhere are going to enjoy it. Head over there. Check it out. And support one of our own. Also, I am really looking forward to the new podcast coming from Joe Stuber. We played the promo for it. I think it was last week or so. We're going to play it again here in a little bit. It's for a show called Comic Book Central. And it's set to premiere 
in one day. It's going to launch on November 8th. Head over to comicbookcentral.net to learn more about that. You can also find Comic Book Central on Facebook. You can also find Stephen D. Solomon on Facebook, and you can find us, Monster Kid Radio, on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. A lot of you have liked us on Facebook, and we really appreciate that. And the group, well, that's where the conversations happen between episodes, as well as a poll. I try real hard to have polls set up in the group for people to participate in. It helps me kind of focus what I'm doing with Monster Kid Radio, but it's also a place where people can kind of share information, that sort of thing. This time around, the poll question is, what message boards do you visit? to talk about classic monster movies. As of right now, there are three entries in the poll. Facebook, the Classic Horror Film Board, and the Universal Monster Army message boards. You can add another one or two or three. If you visit a bunch of message boards, feel free to add that option. I'm real curious to see where people talk about monster movies when they're not listening or participating in podcasts. Partly because I'm always on the lookout for a new forum or a new place to talk about monster movies when I'm not, when I'm not sitting behind the microphone. All right, let's get on with the show. Like I said, we're going to play the promo for Comic Book Central. It's a lengthy promo, but it's got so much good stuff in it. It's a well-produced promo, so if the podcast is anything like this promo, no pressure, Joe, but if the podcast is anything like this promo, I know that we're all in for a treat. So I'm going to play that, and then we're going to get into part two of our discussion about Island of Terror with Tom Beagler right now. Hey, listeners, this is Joe Stuber. If you're a fan of Indiana Jones, you might have heard the indie comic book segment I co-host with Keith Voss over on the IndieCast. Well, if you like those segments, you'll want to check out a brand new podcast I'm launching November 8th, Comic Book Central. The mission of Comic Book Central is to showcase and celebrate how our favorite four-color adventures are represented in the media. That's right. When a comic book is brought to life, Comic Book Central is there. You'll hear from some of your favorite actors, directors, producers, and writers. And everyone is at a hand in contributing to the massive explosion of comic book projects we're seeing on Broadway, television, video games, and film today. Hey, how'd you like a preview? Well, here it is. Take a listen. On November 8th, the world of podcasting will become super... It's Comic Book Central, the podcast devoted exclusively to interviews with the creative talents that have brought comics to life. Greetings, true believers. This is Stan Lee. When do you think the Academy is going to wise up and create a special Oscar category for best cameo? I don't know. They're just asleep on their feet. Maybe your show, maybe this interview will be the turning point. I'm Kenneth Johnson, the creator of the Incredible Hulk television series. Was there ever thought to have the Hulk speak on the show? No, Hulk not speak. Hulk talk is dumb. Hulk smash. Good, good. <laughs> fire bad. Yeah, fire bad. Ah, ah. She is Aaron Gray. Aaron, welcome to the show. I ended up being a contract player making, I think it was $600 a week. Gil was doing great. He was making the big bucks. And then... You got the posters, though. You got <laughs> yes. the posters. Come I on. look better in white spandex. What can I say? <laughs> you know? Hi, this is Rebecca Staub, the invisible woman from the original Fantastic Four movie. I was familiar with The Fantastic Four. So, you know, I went and got a couple of the comic books and talked to people in the comic book store. Let me get this right. Going for the role of Sue Storm, you go into a comic book store and start talking to the guys there? Yeah. <laughs> Could you please tell me how that went? 
He is an actor, former professional boxer, and a Kryptonian monolith. Let's welcome to the show Jack O'Halloran. What's tougher, uh, going toe-to-toe with George Foreman or with a Hollywood executive? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, Hollywood executives aren't that difficult, actually. Do you dress in all black when you go after them? I wear my Krypton suit. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Adrienne Barbeau, Catwoman from Batman the Animated Series, and you're listening to Comic Book Central. Perfect. I have an obsession with the 70s game show Match Game. We have to remember Richard Dawson. Ever hit on you? I don't think so. I did the pilot for the gong show, and <laughs> Chuck Barris, he asked me out a couple of times. <laughs> Well, hi, guys. I'm Ilya Salkin, the originator of Superman the Movie. Interesting casting note when we're talking about Clark and Lois, Lyle Wagner and Linda Carter. Absolutely. Boy, you did your homework, man. Linda Carter comes to see me. I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel pool. Wonder Woman, my mouth falls on the floor. It's Captain Marvel himself, Jackson Bostwick. Great costume, by the way. Great costume. Oh, it's fantastic. Do you have it? Yeah, I have one. When was the last time you were in it? Well, actually, I, I went around the house. The dogs like it. And uh, <laughs> when I barbecue it. Hey, Captain Marvel, yeah, flip me a burger. Shazam! Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum. Lex Luthor from Smallville. Uh, make sure you listen to this guy's show. Sounds like a good guy. People should listen to you, Joe. You are listening to Comic Book... Comic Book... Comic Book Central. Where comic books come to life. Excelsior. Well, as you can tell, my guests and I have a lot of fun talking about their comic book theme projects. But I can say we also touch on some serious topics as well. It's fascinating to get the stories behind the stories with some of these folks. Uh, these interviews are pretty revealing, to say the least. Comic Book Central is coming soon, so make sure you check it out online at comicbookcentral.net, on Facebook at Comic Book Central Network, Twitter at Comic Book CTRL, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Remember, remember, the 8th of November, it's Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. Oh, before we, I just want to mention, but just because we didn't mention him initially. Yeah. The president of the island or the... Whoever's the in Duke charge. Of the, yeah. I, I don't know what the, his, his title was, but is it Niall McGinnis? Yes. Neil. Niall? I know who you're referring to, yeah. Yeah, he was in, uh, of course, the most famous one for most monster kids is Curse of the Demon. Yes. Um, and so we, he plays a small part, but the pivotal part. And I haven't seen him in tons of things, but... I'm a big fan. Okay. He has that. He has that voice. Yeah, that kind of deep voice. Anyway, but he. Well, and he's the one that shows up, and he's having that interaction with the scientists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, so this is what's happened. Tell me more. You know. <laughs> no, he was cool. I liked him. You know, I didn't really have a problem with anybody in the cast. I really thought, yeah, for the I, most part, the cast was pretty strong. I think the acting was fine. The Edward was just a little cheesy, but you know, they had kind of cheesy love stuff in the middle. You know, which they normally yeah. do, which is fine. Are you glad I came? You know, yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are a lot of things. There's a, uh, I don't know, we probably don't want to progress too far, but there's quite a possible ending that's, yeah. well, we both know what it is. And it's, yes. it, it's, it's been played out in another more current movie um, that you and I watched. But with the opposite. <laughs> Refresh my memory here, man. <laughs> well, I don't want to say anything. Well, I can always cut it out. Know. I can always cut it out. 
Okay, so when I was recording this with Tom, well, we didn't want to give a lot of spoilers away for a movie that some of you may not have seen. Now, it's not a classic monster movie, so it's not like it's something that everybody should have seen by now, that sort of thing. We are about to spoil a Stephen King movie. If you don't want to hear about it, skip the next 16 seconds, starting now. Okay, it's in the mist, you know, because they're going. The, the monsters are coming at the oh, end, and he kills. Okay, yeah, he kills his family instead yeah. of them getting it. Okay, and uh, but now I can't say anymore because okay, and, I, and but I, that didn't happen. And I'll, and I'll cut that so it's not okay. spoiling. But okay, I see where you're coming. Okay, yeah, because they do get to that point, and now now I want to talk about it, but we yeah. can't. <laughs> well, let's just see. They think it's going to turn out badly. At the very ending, it's, it looks like maybe the silicates are going to win. So Right. And, I mean, we don't want to spoil it, but, I mean, of course the good guys are going to find a way to triumph at the end. But at what cost? <laughs> well put. That's right. Because somebody does lose a limb, and that maybe we shouldn't say who. Oh, but, yeah. No, maybe we shouldn't. But, yeah. that was but Derek was very upset. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> I was actually pretty shocked that that happened. And, and not just the initial attack when the silicate gets him, mm-hmm. but then how they dealt with it. Yeah, that was, I was surprised by that. That was an aggressive response, <laughs> but the right one. Yeah. I I mean, it, yeah. I don't know if it's in the version that I have, which I think it's the same copy you have, but supposedly there's an extended moment where you see some extra blood spurting out of the wound. Ah, uh, yeah. I the results see of that. that, which I don't see in my version at all. Hmm. Not that you need it, but it's one of those things. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, supposedly there's also, according to the Internet Movie Database, yeah. there's a French release of this movie that really played up the love Duh. scenes between Tina and, and the Bone Doctor. Mm-hmm. So much so that they Bone. went in and added some softcore sex scenes for a French release. Really? Yeah, with different actors, obviously, but... I was going to say. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Which is weird. Because I, I don't strange. need that in the middle of Island of Terror, you know? <laughs> well, you're not French. That's true. Oui, oui. I, I think the uh, the justification is that the French title translates to something a little bit more sexy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know French. No. So. What is French for terror? Does that just sound hot uh, or something? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Island of Terror. If I, my, if I had my iPhone, I could. I have a translator on there. You know, I should look it up. <laughs> well, we'll leave listeners to look that up on the internet for oh, themselves. There you, there you go. A little bit of homework. I love this movie. I really do think it's one of my favorite Peter Cushing non-hammer films. It is so good. Yeah, it's it's. I've watched it. Well, I watch all my movies a bunch, but I, I'm sure I've seen it five or six times since my first time, and it's it's it stands up. I think it sounds great. I think. There's a little bit of dating, with, especially with the Tony character. Mm-hmm. But it's also the 60s, so you kind of get that swing in the 60s kind of, she looks pretty good wearing nothing but his shirt, you know, kind of thing. And <laughs> so you get some of that. I'm surprised it's not more easily available here in the States. I think it would go over pretty well, at least for people who like these kinds of movies. The production company, uh, Planet Film Productions, has done a few other movies. Uh, there's one called Night of the Big Heat. That came out a year after this one, which is shot pretty much at the same location, the same inn or pub is used. Peter Cushing's in that one, and Christopher Lee's in that one as well. And it's really good, too. I've never even heard of that one. Uh, Really? Uh, uh, Let's see. It was called Night of the Big Heat, also known as Island of the Burning Damned. That sounds more familiar. (laughs) But I got a bad memory. I could have watched it and 
forgot the whole thing by now. Yeah, so. so in that one, it's Cushing, Lee, and I'm spacing on his name. I should have wrote it down. He was in Captain Clegg with Peter Cushing. Uh, but he's another one of these character actors, or, or really good actors, I guess, over in the UK. And I believe it's also directed by Terrence Fisher. It's oh. pretty solid film. I would watch both of these back-to-back. It's like a double feature. Ah, that pretty good. good. So I'd recommend that. What else do we want to say about Island of Terror? I mean, it's got a very unique monster. Great monster. Good effects um, as far as the, the noise it makes. Uh, oh, you can actually hear bones being yeah being crunched it <laughs> makes a crunching noise when yes. it eats bone for some reason <laughs> yeah yeah and how do they reproduce ah they split yes like giant amoebas every that's correct every six hours or eight hours yeah they split so of course on an island that would be bad news in a couple of days they've got it calculated out like well this is how long it's going to take so this is how much time we have and that's right. when you see them split <laughs> it's right after the attack with the axe scene so the first time I saw it, it's not right after. It's like in the same scene. So the first time I saw it, I thought, well, maybe that's the wound. from the. Oh, no, this is much worse. Because they split and they just look. It looks like it's spilling spaghetti. I don't know what <laughs> it else it is. It is spaghetti. I'm sure it's spaghetti. Or some sort. It's, it's <laughs> gross, though. It's, it's nasty. Yeah, but that, again, is kind of a cool, you know, for 60s yeah. sci-fi. That's kind of a cool thing, the splitting of. And. So. It were a place to their favor because it's not just a monster that's going to split and then attack. Reproducing apparently is hard work because when oh, they yeah, reproduce, that's right. well, that's when they can get away because you know there's that delay while they're resting. <laughs> they, they sit they back and have nap. a cigarette. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's when you run. <laughs> uh, I like the way that it looked when it split, and I like that in the piece of art that you created, mm. you replicated that. You've got one full silicate, then you've got one silicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made a little. Making two. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do you do the spaghetti thing because that was just. Uh, but yeah, I did a little sculpt in a couple days. I, I just figured uh, I would donate it to the show. Nice. It's basically, just yeah, smaller on a on the base, similar to my Matango. Uh huh. And it's just, yeah, two silicates, one splitting. I've sort of started to incorporate it, and I assume Derek will probably put a picture on the. Yeah, actually, deal. the. I took a picture of it, and it will be the episode image ah. for this particular episode. So cool. you can check that out. Yeah, so great. So and now I'm starting to incorporate a poster in in it, so you can kind of identify what's going on with this creatures. Not that I think you would need that because one, your sculptors are pretty awesome, and I can I can yeah. tell it's a silicate. But two, us fans know. <laughs> <laughs> but having the poster on there actually. I like it better anyway. I mean, I don't need it, but I like having the poster there. It just it adds another level of yeah, yeah, cool it, to it. I'm not just yeah. saying that because I'm like within punching distance of you or whatever. I mean, it looks good. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. So you used, you made it out of sculpty. Yeah, just sculpty. And then uh, just cook them and yeah. I got a bunch of those cheapy little framey things at the the dollar store, a dollar a piece. So mm-hmm. I bought like twelve of them. What is it painted with? What kind of paint is it? Acrylic. An acrylic paint? Yeah, yeah enamel's uh, oil-based. Acrylic's water-based. Does the oil not work with a Sculpey? Or? I just don't like it because I'm messy. Okay. <laughs> and, that you know, water, I just prefer it. Whatever, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then with the splitting silicate, instead of putting, like, little pieces of pasta or whatever, it's, it's like a the stringy kind of hot glue mess mm-hmm. in there that just looks... Yeah. <laughs> well, I put some things in. Well, I put some little, like little things threads. in. The, yeah. Well, they're little 
See, that's one fun thing about doing these sculptures is you can just kind of incorporate whatever you feel like that'll work. Uh-huh. My wife, Mona, she has some jewelry making stuff, and these are just like little cylindrical beads that are bright colors. Oh, okay. So I put them in, put some hot glue over the top, then I put a few more in hot glue on the top to make it look. I was hoping it would look kind of like like the little spaghetti kind of look, but the, the glue actually got more opaque okay. than I wanted. But so. you kind of put a little bit of paint in there, though, too. Yeah, to and then I just, it, I'd put yeah. some yellow on the top just to do something. Well, it's a heck of a scene. I like it. And, of course, I appreciate you uh, donating it to the show because I'm just going to take it home and put it on my shelf. <laughs> or I'll offer it up in a contest for the oh, listeners. Yeah, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do. Well, well, stay tuned, listeners. We'll come up with something. <laughs> I'll mention that uh, here in a bit. We'll come up with a way for you to win this silicate. Is it a bust? I guess it's a bust because it's too. It's a bust of the silicate. It's a seat it's diorama. A mini, it's a mini diorama. I okay. Guess. Well, it's a one of a kind piece. One of, of a kind. One yes. of one. One of one. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to do it. Um, it gets me something to do. Gets me motivated to work mm-hmm. on some stuff. Oh, and I'm going to mention on air. Uh oh. Uh, that uh, I'm supposed to be working on something for Scott. Oh, okay. And I'm having a real hard time, so I'm saying on air, I'm sorry, Scott, I'm taking forever. He wants to me to do a little sculptor. He asked me if I would do a sculpt of Bob, B-O-B, from uh, The Black Hole. <laughs> and I'm having a real hard time. I think it's because I'm real. I'm, I'm not a skilled sculptor. I think I have a re- an easier time with things that are more organic, you know, Bob oh, is a see, that's see. more okay. he's a robot for those that don't know. So there's a lot of straight lines and a lot of more intricate things that I'm okay. just not used to. Everything I do is so small, it's hard for me sometimes to do real exact things to make them look the way I like. That's interesting <laughs> that's though. No, you're right. I think now that I think about it, I've gone and I yeah, I'm remembering all the sculpts that you've shown me. You know, the Matango and mm-hmm. then the fly piece that you did. And mm-hmm. you've got that creepy-ass clown on your desk up there. <laughs> They're all very organic-type shapes. Mm-hmm. Does the Sculpey lend itself to that more of an organic kind of flowing kind of feel? Well, I don't know if it's that or I'm just, you know, I'm just learning how to do this. And it's... Okay. I don't know what it is, to be honest. I just, I have a hard time doing more mechanical things with it. Okay. So... I'm trying, Scott. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it was no hurry. I told him it would take a while. One thing that I've liked about, like the fly piece I mentioned a second mm-hmm. ago, you've got this awesome scope of the fly, and then you built out of was it a laundry basket? The actual the trans the teleportation yeah. chamber. Yeah. You know, so you're not just your artwork isn't just you know sculpy. It's, it's a mixed media almost because you're going through and you're building these little scenes. Mm-hmm. Which I really like. You also have a piece from Scream and Scream Again where it's a guy in the bed. Mm-hmm. And the bed is a mixture of different materials to mm-hmm. actually make the bed. Mm-hmm. And you've got the sculpey piece on it. The little, I'm assuming, hand-drawn medical chart on there, which mm-hmm. I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that it seems like you found a way to incorporate not just a straight sculpture, but some mixed materials as well mm-hmm. to make these pieces, which I... See, that's part of the fun. I wish I could do it, man, because well, it's pretty could, fantastic. Any, anybody could do that. I mean, it's, it's you just go and look for stuff that, you know, catches your eye. For me, it's just, 
you just have to look at things a little different way when you're, you know, like my, my wife likes to go to the thrift stores and stuff. And so I'll go with her sometimes. And, you know, I just, now I go to look at things like, well, if I want to do, suppose I want to do, you know, diorama of, you know, Gorgo or, you know, where I, where I need to do a, like a diving bell. Okay. So I might look for something that might, you know, look like okay. a diving bell that I could incorporate the whole thing or just, you just see what you can find and go from there. You know, the, the scream and scream again, I made a bed out of, it's uh, like foam core. Mm-hmm. And then I just got some scraps of linen and then some scraps of denim and just, I just made the bed and then I just clear coated over it with spray. That doesn't take any great skill. You know, it's just. I would disagree because <laughs> I, I think the pieces are, are quite skillful, but. When I have you, some. I have some skill. Thank okay, <laughs> some, it's a little bit, and, and a whole lot of modesty. <laughs> um, when I was up in your workshop or your workroom, mm-hmm. you were showing me three different heads that you're working on. Mm-hmm. How do you pick a subject? Because you've got, well, I don't know if I should say on air. I don't know if you're ready to really talk about them, but you've got one from a Roger Corman film, and then you've got one that is it a Harryhausen film? I have. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what's in there. Uh, well, it's the three that you had set up. Yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. One I'm trying that, to remember the movies now. I mean, I said um, it was Horror at Party Beach, but it wasn't. I was totally no, it spacing was, on it. No, it was the Corman one. He made it at the same time or as um, Last Woman on Earth. No, that doesn't sound right. I mean, it's a pretty iconic like pretty. sea creature kind of thing. Yeah. Like, How do you decide what you're going to do. I mean, is it because you're watching a movie in the hot tub one night and you're like, I want to make that? Or you sit down with Sculpey and it just comes to you? Or? Well, those I made because you and I were talking about cheesy monster movies. Well, that's and true. These were three. these were three cheesy monsters. Yeah, I just do whatever. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I'm not, you know, it's like when Scott said, oh, could I, you know, do you do commissions and stuff? It's like, uh, I'm not that good or confident to just say I'm going to do this or that yet mm-hmm. you know i just i do what i feel like doing and just what kind of that sounds hokey but what speaks to me sometimes it's you know, not hokey I, at all that's like when i did the clown uh-huh. um i just started playing around with the clay and just formed a head and i had no intention of doing that and i just thought well it looks kind of like a clown so and then that's kind of where it went and mm-hmm. i just then i just made it that you know and i a lot of times I'll start making something and then it'll just turn into something else. And so I envy these artists like Daniel Horn, <laughs> these guys that have like so much skill or Jordu. These oh, yeah, guys that can, just, yeah. that can just, I mean, some of the stuff's just amazing. Yeah. And I'd like to think I could, you know, I'm never going to be that good, but I'd like to think I could improve in my old age. <laughs> Bring it back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. <laughs> All right, is there anything else we want to say about Island of Terror before we wrap this up? So just watch it. It's 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 a really entertaining, it's highly a, entertaining movie. It's about an hour and a half. It goes by pretty quick. There's not a lot of really dull, outside of maybe the one scene where they're talking about being in love. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, it's a pretty quick-paced movie. I think Peter Cushing does a great job. And Terrence Fisher directed just, just fine, so... Check it out. Track it down. This was one that I thank Tom for introducing me to. It was my pleasure, and thanks for letting me talk uh, about it on the show with you. No problem, man. Thanks for coming back. We'll have you back again to talk about cheesy B-movies at some point. Ah, I'm ready. Okay, I don't know if you listened to the spoiler or not, but 
basically Tom was comparing Island of Terror to a modern-ish kind of monster movie, something that came out a few years ago. And he had the idea that maybe we could look at some modern monster movies, at least in terms of, you know, what us monster kids like. And that's going to be the basis for the contest for you to win this original one-of-a-kind piece of artwork depicting the monsters from Island of Terror. Now, this is two silicates, one full, one dividing. It looks awesome. I'll put it in the mail to whoever wins the drawing. Here's how you enter. Email me your name, your mailing address, and the name of one modern monster movie. Let's say within the past 10 years that has that monster kid aesthetic, something that would appeal to monster kids who love things like Frankenstein and Dracula and the Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon and Island of Terror. Come up with the name of a movie that came out within the past 10 years. Email me that movie, your name, your mailing address. I will put your name in the drawing to win this original piece of artwork. This contest is going to go through the rest of the month. That means your deadline is November 30th. Let's talk feedback. You can reach us by email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 503-4795-MKR. Somebody posted over in our Facebook group a little bit of feedback. This is from Dwayne. He says, Derek, I've been enjoying the music on the show as much as I've been enjoying the reviews. Keep going with the surf music. Well, of course, I liked his comment. He posted that in response to me sharing something from the band Outer Space Heaters. Now, they're a local to me band. They're based here in the Portland, Oregon area. There's an album out there called Desolate Surf. Now, they appeared in episode seven and eight of Monster Kid Radio. And the reason I shared this in the Monster Kid Radio group is because they announced on their Facebook page that Outer Space Heaters will be heading into the studio this December to start recording our first full length album. In celebration, our digital download of the EP, Desolate Surf, will be free. If you don't follow them on Facebook, you can find them at outerspaceheaters.bandcamp.com. There's also a link to them on our website at monsterkidradio.net. If you click on where it says bands and songs, you will find a list of all the bands that have appeared on the show in alphabetical order, as well as the names of the songs, the names of the albums, and then what episodes they appeared on. Outer Space Heaters is on there, as well as pretty much every other band that's appeared here on the show, and I try to keep this up to date. So if there's something that you like here on the show, just remember what episode it's in. Head over to that link, do a search for that episode, or look up the band or whatever, follow the link, pick up the album, and let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. On a personal note, I'd like to thank Paul Curtis. Now, he listens to the show. He's active in the Facebook group. I see him online quite a bit. Well, he loved the episodes that we did in which we covered The Crimson Ghost. Those would have been episodes 38 and 39. Well, Paul... He's a fan of the movie serials. He could tell that I was becoming a fan of the movie serials after we talked about The Crimson Ghost with Eric Peterson. So he hooked a brother up. He sent me so many movie serials here. I am ready to talk about movie serials for weeks on end, I think. I can't wait to put this stuff in. <gasps> you know, I just looked at this one. He sent me the mysterious Dr. Satan. Paul, thank you so much for adding to the Monster Kid Radio Library. This is awesome. That's going to be it for this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I hope you guys and gals survived Halloween and November is off to a rocking start for everyone. We're going to be back next week with two more episodes. And honestly, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet. I've got a couple of things brewing and I might even be recording something special this weekend if I can, well, line it up and make it happen. And again, big thanks to Tom Beagler for appearing on this week's episodes of Monster Kid Radio. He will be back again down the line to talk about cheesy B-movies, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. That'll happen here later this year. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivations 3.0 Unported License. That does not apply, however, 
to the song Los Tres Tikis. That belongs to the band Pareto Ketchup. It appears on their album That's Right, and it's on this episode of Monster Kid Radio by permission of the band. Talk to everybody next week. 